Welcome to today's inspiration. Thank you for allowing us into your living room another time. We pray this day that you have ears to hear, a heart to receive. What you're about to hear is a continuation of Deacon Terry Durham's testimony, faith, hope. We hope you receive hope and peace today. Um, I hope you watched last, the last episode with him to get a basis. We're going to get right into the meat of the matter. So if you have children in your living room, we would ask that you would ask them to maybe go play because it's real raw and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead. But we're going to go right into his deliverance and what he had to be delivered of. Um, he is a crucial part of Eagle Wings Faith Ministry, him and his wife. And they would not be able to do what they are doing now in ministry if they had not went through this process. Amen. So, Terry, as we continue, and you embarked on deliverance, what did you have to be delivered of? I mean, to, to start with, I, I mean, well, addiction being one of them, uh, orphan spirit. Mm. Um, there was uh, the spirit of suicide. Um, you know, that, that's one thing that I, that I want to bring up. You know, when you're broken and you feel like you've lost all hope, you know, there was a point that I attempted suicide. Um, you know, growing up as a child, that there was times that I was admitted into places uh, for mental health uh, evaluations, uh, locked up for periods of time. Now, was that you um, putting yourself in or was that parental putting you in? That was parental. That was, you know, uh, through counseling, through issues in school, you know, and things that I was going through, you know, just being lost, completely broken. Um, I didn't know who I was, so I, I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to identify myself. I didn't know how to present myself. Um, you know, so the, going through the deliverance process, and, and that can be very confusing because number one, you're coming against the enemy. That's you're right. standing, you're taking a stand. Uh, and you know, and as much as the Holy Spirit compels you in that moment when He woos you and He draws you in, and, and then the work begins, you know, yeah. so, so you're there and then you feel the love, you feel the compassion, you feel the heart of the Father, and then that's when the work starts. So then you have to try to figure out what areas of your life that you have to focus and hone in um, and, and what you really have to overcome. And I want to bring about too is in a biblical family household, the man is the head of the house. Mm -hmm. And that was a position you had never operated in right. because you had never seen it. Right. So you and your wife had not seen a healthy marriage. You had mm -hmm. not seen healthy love. You both had your own addictions. You yes. yourself being in a mental institution, you came to the, the, the place of lots of backpacks. Mm -hmm. And here you have uprooted your family. You've started going to church in a church that was completely different from anything that you yeah. went and trying to take your headship. Yes. Did you face opposition with that? Absolutely. Because you tried to, if I remember right, you were trying to do it immediately. And your wife was like, well, who do you think you are at some points? Because I remember you guys coming to the table and you were like this because mm -hmm. you're trying to be the biblical husband. She'd never seen that before. And so there was butting heads with that. Yeah. So you're facing your demonic past, mm -hmm. trying to bring your family into biblical order, and you're getting opposition from that. Mm -hmm. While she's trying to find her identity, you're trying to find your identity, and you're trying to lead your family to Christ. Exactly. So would you say that from a husband's standpoint, it's a whole different type of pressure? 
Absolutely. Because you got to provide. Yes. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, when you walked into deliverance, did you ever find it so overwhelming that you're like, I'm never going to obtain this? I'm never going to get free from this. There Did was, you ever have that kind of? There was definitely points where I was like, is this even possible? <laughs> you know, there were definitely points that I was like, man, you know, I'm putting forth this effort. Um, and and, and I, I felt like I was spinning my wheels, like I was just. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of that is because I was still relying on myself. Um, I was good. still trying to see the thing is is that we have to release the reins and we have to be led by the spirit um, we have to stay in communion with the spirit we have to maintain that relationship um, you know the biggest thing is, is I, i've seen in my own walk is that i've tried to rush things i've tried to make things uh, happen a lot faster than what it needed to happen. Because there had to be a process. You know, yeah, there's always a process with it. Um, you know, I, growing up with a biblical background, you know, I, I knew some word, you know, I knew some scripture. I knew uh, how that Almost how that worked. Almost enough to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I become very, uh, very pushy. Uh, there were times that I wanted to, I wanted to go faster than what everybody else was ready to go. Um, so I had to slow down and I had to rest in Holy Spirit and I had to allow him to um, to fix my mental state before I could try to approach the family, before I could be that that head of household, had that that high priest of the home. I had to allow God to show me. I had to allow him to show me that he was high priest. Amen. He had to introduce himself as the shepherd before he could teach me to be the shepherd. That's good. That's and good. Um, that was that was key for me. When when I realized that it's not by force, that you know you don't just yeah, plow. Holy Spirit gives us Novocaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, and and you, you don't do it by force. Um, you do it with love, and that was something that I'd struggled with. So. You know, learning to be loved and learning to love uh, in the same process of trying to maintain my deliverance. You know, um, and and I'm a big crybaby. You know, I can't be around. I can't be in That's the presence the of the heart. yeah. I can't be in the presence of the Lord without dropping the tears. You know, um, I just I love the Lord with everything that I have, um, and you know, when I'm in His presence, it's refreshing. Um, it's, it's restoring. Um, and it took a long time to learn that too, you know. Uh, and learn it outside the walls of the church. Absolutely, yeah. Because if I can say as their deliverer <laughs> that God used me in, one of the hardest things for you was learning that you carried the presence and it wasn't a goosebump feeling. Right. You remember in the very beginning, it was like, well, why isn't it the same in church? Why isn't this service? I want that same service. I want that same service. And you had to learn through relationship that the Holy Ghost never does the same thing twice and that you can have it at home. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, understanding that we are the temple and that we, uh, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, um, knowing that that that's that that is the key. I mean, uh, you know, just by by tuning in 
and worshiping and truth and in spirit wherever you go. You can be in your vehicle, you can be at work, you can be uh, completely alone. And if you really call on his name and you allow him to minister to you and you draw in to his presence, it doesn't matter where you're at. That's right. So in the 12 weeks of your deliverance, which it's supposed to be seven weeks, but that never works with anybody. <laughs> Um, because you hit hurdles. Mm -hmm. You hit hurdles that you have to overcome. And so in that 12 weeks, where was the hardest part for you in that? Of what you had to face, what was the hardest one? You see, the thing is, is that when, when we started this, when we entered into deliverance, um, and, and Apostle put it the best, I'd called him one day and I said, I just, I don't see progress. I don't see progress. I said, I don't know what's going on. And he essentially said to me, he said, what you're doing is you are, you've smacked the hornet's nest hmm. and you stirred up a whole hmm. bee's nest of demonic spirits. And, and that's an opposition that you're going to face. Yeah. So, you know, in that process, the enemy doesn't want to let go. Nope. And he's going to try to hold on with everything that he has. Um, admitting to myself the things that I needed to release and let go and coming to the realization of I can't fix it myself mm. was, was hard. Giving up that control. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess I, that would really be it. Um, and being true, being, uh, you know, faithful and staying honest and staying committed to the process, uh, making sure that um, I allowed Holy Spirit to reveal those things in my life that needed fixed, that only He could fix. That was, that was the main thing for me. And did you find it difficult in the process of being so transparent so that the enemy couldn't use anything that you maybe didn't want to reveal to us? Because at that process, during that 12 weeks, we were still kind of strangers. And, and it, for the lack of a better word, we were two people, Apostle and myself, we were just two people you met basically on the street mm -hmm. and came into our living room for church. And then we began this process. Were you afraid during that time to be completely transparent out of what you thought we would think about it? Yeah, there were definitely moments and, and uh, there were definitely times that I was like, uh, do I really want to say this? Do I want to admit this? Do I? But in, in order to overcome an obstacle, see, you have to expose the enemy. Talk you have to, you have to expose right the, the lies. You have to expose those things uh, before the wound can heal. Um, there were, and also my wife, you know, there were things that I had to uncover, um, in order for that, for God to heal the marriage. There were things that I had to come clean about that were, uh, I knew would be hurtful. Um, and you know, then, then you're dealing with a whole another set of things. And when you, when you're dealing with pride, when pride steps in, mm -hmm. um, that can really hinder you. you, you know, you really have to come to a place of humility. Yeah. Uh, you have to really commit to being humble and saying, you know, I've made it this far. God has brought me this far. I want to go the distance. I want to continue this. And 
eliminating pride, becoming humble, uh, and, and allowing the process of the Holy Spirit changing you from the inside out. And not rushing it. Because yeah, exactly. if you rush it, then you could miss a, a crucial yeah. component that has been hidden. Because a lot of times we hide things and it's so long that our protective human nature buries it also. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to trust the Holy Spirit, which was our job to push you mm -hmm. to dig because yeah. we don't know their story. So we had to trust the Holy Spirit to go, oh, wait, don't let them go any further until they unbury all of this. Yes. So you had to say things during deliverance that she was unaware of that you knew right. would be hurtful. How did you take what the things that she said when you guys would leave the house? I remember the phone calls <laughs> and y'all would have those conversations outside of the deliverance meeting. How did you handle when you had to hear her say hard things? Um, to be honest, I, I was thankful I know that there were things that, that caused conflict. There were things that caused uh, hurt. And then, you know, you've got to remember that the enemy is going to stir that. Mm. The, uh, he's always going to try to create an obstacle in front of you. He's always going to try to create strife, hurt. He's going to try to keep you in that place of bondage. He wants to hold you down mm -hmm. so that you can't grow and you can't bloom, you can't flourish. Uh, you know, and, and, but part of me was very thankful. See, I, I was grateful because I knew that it wasn't, it didn't take long. A few weeks in, I started seeing progress, even though it was hard, even though the enemy was making it, you know, harder to, mm -hmm. to, to continue because he wanted to keep us in that place. But I was thankful to hear her release those things. It was a blessing to me to see my wife being set free. Um, I saw the hurt that she felt. You know, I saw, um, so I, I saw the, the, the anguish and the self, <laughs> the blame that she placed on herself. I saw that. So to hear her come clean to hear her say things that even if it was hard to hear, it was a blessing to me. It was a blessing to me, even though it hurt. Um, and the main thing that I had to learn was that I had to be patient with her. You know, um, I, and she was patient with me. Uh, she consistently, um, she didn't give up. Neither one of us gave up. No, you didn't. I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> You know, and, and, and one, of the, one of the hardest things that I had to learn, and guys out there that, that are married, that, um, listen, we have to learn to heed our wives' wisdom. <laughs> um, I was under the impression that, you know, uh, I, I got this big hit, and I got stuck in this place of me, me, me. Um, I'm the head of the house. I'm the boss. I have the say-so. And that was something the enemy had me trapped in for a period of time. Um, but that's not the case. God sees us as one. And I had to learn that the Lord is doing a thing in her as well as he's doing in me. But jointly, he's doing it together. And trusting what he's speaking to her and her trusting what he's speaking to me and how God intertwines that together. Amen. 
to mesh it, to make us a unit, Amen. to unify us. I, I remember um, when Apostle was teaching about head of the household and you were trying to step into that. And so many, especially women, we think when our husbands are the head of the household, oh, they're going to tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do oh, yeah. it. You know, you can't do this and it's an authoritarian. And my, my husband, my pastor, my apostle, uh, I think says it the best is the head of the household, the wife, we duck they take the hit. Yeah. That's the true head of the household. And when my husband taught you that, mm -hmm. I remember that being such a light bulb moment yeah. that we get to duck and you take the bullet. Exactly. You know, um, that's what the head of the household is. And, and the head of the household is leading the family to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know that there were times you really wanted your family. You wanted that instantaneous, yeah. you know, kids, you better line up. Wife, you better line up. And that was God teaching you. And I remember watching God teaching you, you got to love them like I love you. Exactly. And you have to be transparent with that love. And I think out of all the deliverance, that was probably the hardest part from being an observer on the outside, mm -hmm. looking in of you giving grace to your family, mm -hmm. that through your deliverance, it was learning grace. Yes. And that's tied in with pride. Yeah. You know, you and I have shared many times that we both, I come from a family of a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. You know, if they weren't getting accolades or anything, they, they didn't feel that they were worthy. Right. And as leaders in the church, we don't get pats on the back. Right. You wanna know where the fruit comes from? you're getting to see it through him and his wife. That's the fruit, that's the hard work. And I, I praise God that they get to impart that into others yeah. and they're gonna get to see that fruit, but we can see the fruit in their children. Their children are not afraid to pray because they pray together as a family. And the one thing that we have taught is a family that prays together stays together. Stays together. And I think that was the hardest thing with any couple but I remember telling them, okay, you got to pray together and you got to pray out loud. And I want you to do it. I think we started at five minutes Yeah. and I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost in five minutes. Yeah. Tell me about that experience of learning to pray together, especially in the Holy Ghost. Uh, it, in the beginning, it's hard. It really is hard because, and I remember, you know, in that process, when I received my prayer language, uh, I received it first. Um, I, you know, that's, that's a testimony in itself yeah. <laughs> because it takes complete surrender. And I remember at that moment, um, you know, I grew up in a religion of Pentecostal. I was Pentecostal religion, Pentecostal church my whole life. Um, and, and I remember saying to God, uh, Lord, you know, I've heard this. I've heard prayer language. I've heard mm -hmm. tongues with interpretation. I've heard that my whole life, but I've never experienced that for myself. And I said, God, I said, if this is a gift that, that you have for me, mm -hmm. God, I said, I want it to be so evident that it is you. And I want no part of flesh. I don't want my flesh to be in this at all. So as I'm standing there and I'm pouring out everything that I have, uh, you know, just loving on the Lord and through worship, um, I remember that God took me to a place where there were waves and I had a boat beside me and it was moving on the water. And uh, I remember out in front of me, it was from, and, and, and it, distinctly, I remember it was like from Peter's perspective. I had just mm. stepped out of the boat and uh, the spirit of the Lord come upon me. And I received that prayer language that day. 
And um, from that day forward, you had given us the challenge of, you know, it was started at five minutes yeah. and then you bumped it up to 10 and yeah. then to 15. And Every then, time you came back and say, man, that was really hard. We bumped it up. Yeah. So, you know, I, at first I remember Ashley was like, um, okay, that's cool. And she, uh, we, we got home and, uh, she said, uh, okay, you, you do it. And she hadn't received hers yet. And, 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 you know, it's just like a child, you know, when a child learns to speak, it comes out jumble, jumble. And uh, I remember she, she kind of giggled at me, but you know, I felt the empowerment that it brings. Yeah. Because when you pray uh, in the spirit, that is the spirit praying the perfect prayer. That's exactly right. So that prayer going up, the perfect prayer going up is, is what matters. And, and don't you think by that exercise, it empowered your deliverance Absolutely. to go a little bit smoother and not mm -hmm. have so many hurdles from demonic influences mm -hmm. that if you can get people praying together, Absolutely. that perfect prayer, you're going to overcome things a whole lot quicker. Because yes. the first thing I always ask, if somebody says, well, I have with this, we got hit, I'll say, were you praying together? Because nine times out of 10, well, no, we didn't do as much this week or whatever. You can always tell what a family is going through by how much they pray together. So in the last couple minutes here, as we're having to come to a close, and there's so much more family, <laughs> so much more to this family and to Eagle Wings Faith Ministry and everything, Give our viewers an encouraging word of getting delivered, saved, delivered, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. What would you say to the viewers to encourage them today? I would say trust. Trust the Lord that, first of all, that He's doing it with so much compassion and love, mm -hmm. that He loves you. You know, we quote John three sixteen, yeah. and we say it so quickly that we don't even capture right. really what it means. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that the, whosoever, that if Terry believes in it, put your name in it, if Terry believes in Him, that He shall not, Terry won't perish. That's right. Come on. But I'll have everlasting life. And, and you know, it goes on to say that God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. That's right. But to save, save it. it. Amen. Save it. So trust the process. Trust that um, when you pray that you're truthful with the Lord because He already knows. So be honest. Open your heart up. Allow Him to do the work that you're asking Him to do. Mm -hmm. um, don't hinder that. Amen. And, and, and know that He loves you through every step of the way. And, you know, I, I want to say that no matter how ugly your story may be, it doesn't matter. He loves you. No matter how dark, secretive, dirty, manipulative, narcissistic, mm -hmm. whatever label you want to put on it, when you come to transparency with, with Him and you... See, you're activating your faith by acknowledging your sin. Yes. It takes acknowledgement to be delivered. You can't be delivered of what you don't acknowledge. And when he says the truth shall set you free, that's exactly what that means. Yeah. The truth shall set you free when you acknowledge it. You know, God has been so good to all of us. You can obtain the exact same thing. Amen. Over this last 
six months that you have allowed us to come into your living room, you have heard testimonies from my husband, myself, from our son Dallas, to now you've heard Deacon Terry and our, our secretary of our board, um, his wife Ashley, and there's gonna be more to come, and there's more to their story. Um, if we can overcome, and we can come through and we can say we're still family <laughs> through the, the good, the bad and the ugly. So can you. We want to welcome you into the family of God. So if something today pricked your heart, we ask right now, reach out to us. But yes. sitting right there, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, call him into your heart. Say, Lord God, forgive me. Forgive me of all my sin and all my iniquity. Call him into your heart. That's what he asks. All you have to do is call upon the Lord and he'll save you and he'll meet you right where you're at. Amen. We love you. But more importantly, Jesus loves you. Reach out, eaglewingsfaith.org. We're here to serve you. We're here to help you. We're here to do whatever you need. We're here for you. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for allowing us to come into your house um, I can't tell you how much, I can't tell you how much he loves you. And right now, if you're viewing this, he's, he's knocking on your heart. He's wooing you. Just like you heard this testimony, he is, he is waiting on you to just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Ask him today. Start your deliverance today and be set free. God bless you. We love you. More importantly, Jesus loves you. Until next time. I appreciate y'all watching uh, our show uh, this evening. If there's anything, anything whatsoever that you have heard that has uh, spoken to your heart uh, and, uh, and you feel the need to either rededicate your life or uh, turn your life over to Jesus, uh, I encourage you uh, to, uh, to uh, reach out to us uh, we would be more than happy to speak with you uh, either on the phone or, or via email or however. You can reach out to us uh, and, uh, and it's easy. We can say a prayer for you. Uh, I, it's, 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 Jesus says uh, to Nicodemus uh, that you must be born again yes. uh, to enter into uh, the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so I encourage you uh, to turn your life over. Uh, if you need to rededicate, uh, that, that is also to turn your life back to. Repentance is simply turning from where the direction that you were going to a new direction. You're no longer a, uh, the old uh, person that you are, but you become a new person through the gift of salvation. So I encourage you to reach out to us at eaglewingsfaith.org. Uh, you can click on the tab, uh, contact us, uh, and you can put it through the website, or you can email us straight, ewfmchurch uh, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, God bless you, and we will see you later.